you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mary, don't you weep and tell Martha not to moan. And that is the message to some of you out there, all of you out there, actually. I want you to know today God has your back. Amen. God, the Bible even says he puts our tears in a bottle. So he hears your needs. He hears your prayers. Hallelujah. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day. We thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for being our God, being God all by yourself, not needing any help. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, down on the cross to die for us and shed his blood so much that water came out. He gave us the covering, the protection of his blood, his name, and the washing of the word. And for that, we thank you, Father God. Lord, I ask that you use me today to deliver this word to somebody will come to Jesus Christ and be saved and be set free from all the evils that this world has for them. Father God, bless each and every person, uh, each and every prayer request that we have received. We're lifting it up to you right now and, and in Jesus' name. And bless those who need you. Open up their eyes to see that you are the true living God, that Jesus is your son, and that the Holy Spirit is there, the real Kadesh is there to teach them whatever it is they need to know to be saved and to live a better life and to have you fight their battles for them. I ask that you bless all of the ministries all around the world that are battling right now and for the kingdom of heaven and delivering that good word, the fine word that everyone needs. I ask that you bless each and every minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Amen. Um, I hope everybody's doing okay since the last time we've been together, last Sunday. And um, you know you have the victory, right? No matter what happens, no matter what it looks like, you still won. Okay, no matter what it seems, no matter what the enemy is thinking that he has over you, wait till he sees what God has over him. Amen. You won. You are chosen. You are special. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, nothing, nothing by any means can harm you. Hey, listen, let's go to, um, uh, turn your swords to Numbers 22. <clears throat> Numbers chapter 22. Today, we will be speaking about Balaam's donkey. All right? Balaam's donkey. Turn your sword. Amen. You know, God can use whoever he wants to use. Amen? God can use whoever he wants to use because he's God. He created all things. And who are we to say no? Amen. And those that do say no, wish that they didn't. I will be reading from verse, verse 5 to 34. Amen. Verse 5 to 34. And it reads like this, King James Version. He sent messengers, therefore, unto Balaam, the son of Beor, to Pethor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a... Now, we're talking about uh, Balak, 
okay? Uh, some say Balak, the son of Zippor, who was the king of the Moabites at that time, all right? He sent his messengers, and, and here's what's happened. Okay, he sent them witches by the river of the land of the children of his people to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Now, this is what your enemies to you, you aggravate them because you have the blessing uh, you who are listening, you have the blessing of the Lord on you, and it just you're like a, a pimple that scratches at their heart. Okay, you have this leader, this king, okay, who sent uh, Balaam <clears throat> to curse God's people. And we all know, anybody with sense knows, you cannot curse God's people. Amen? Now, verse 6 says, Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, that I may drive them out of the land, for I want that he whom thou blessed is blessed, and he whom thou cursed is cursed. So he's telling uh, uh, Balak, okay, the king, <clears throat> is telling Balaam, okay, the so-called prophet, Okay, he wants him to curse because they he can't stand them. All right, verse seven. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand, and they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. And he said unto them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again. As the Lord shall speak unto me, and the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. And God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? God always asks us questions, even though he knows the answer. He'll ask you a question like he did Adam and Eve. Where are you? What happened? You know, he, he already knew the answer. He just wants to see how you're going to answer him, right? So he's asking, who are these men that are with you? And verse 10 says, And Balaam said unto God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent unto me, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt which covers the face of the earth. Come now, curse me them. Peradventure I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. Now, Balaam's telling the Lord what's happening here. He, Even though he was a man of divination and magic arts and he cursed people. He, he's telling us, Lord, the truth. You know, you cannot lie to the Lord. Amen. And verse 12 says, And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. God's trying to tell them. His people are blessed. You listening to this, if you're saved and you believe in God's Son, you are blessed. There are going to be people out there trying to curse you, but guess what? It's going to bounce off of you like they're looking into a mirror. It's going to go right back to them, so I suggest they not try. Verse 13, And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the prince, uh, the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for the Lord refuses to give me leave to go with you. In other words, tell them, leave, just leave because God is not going to allow me to go with you. 
Verse 14, and the princes of Moab rose up, and they went unto Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Okay? They go back to the leader, and they say, well, we can't get him. We try to get him, but he won't come. And Balak sent yet again princes more and more honorable than them. Okay, once he sent, he said he's sending more and more uh, greater and higher people. Verse 16, and they came unto Balaam and said unto him, thus said Balak the son of Zippor, let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. For I will promote thee unto very great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come thou, therefore, I pray thee, curse me these people. <clears throat> okay, now we're talking about bribery. If you curse these people of God that I cannot stand, I'll promote you. I'll give you a high honor. I'll give you your own home, a big, huge castle. I'll give you three or four cars and all the money and the bank and the gold and silver that you, can, you could ever want. He hates them that bad. Your enemy will give another person or whoever, another entity, quote, unquote, we'll say it that way. Your enemy will give them anything they want to ruin you, to get you out of their face. Amen? Okay, and watch this. After he, after he tells them, after he bribes them, get your, offering him earthly honor, okay? I'll make, you, I'll make people bow at your feet if you get rid of Susie, you know? Uh, watch this, verse 18. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, if Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. He's try- Balaam's trying to tell this king, I don't care what you give me. You can try to offer me the world if you want. I cannot go against God. I cannot go against God's people. I cannot curse these people. You cannot curse that which is blessed. Praise the Lord. Amen. He's turning down all of these offers. In verse 19, now, therefore, I pray you, Terry, uh, ye also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, if the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto you, that shall you do. God saying, okay, watch. Go ahead and go with them. I got your back. Go ahead and go with them, but I will tell you what to say. This also shows that even you could be the biggest witch. I don't care if you're a witch practicing magic arts or whatever. Um, and, and, and Balaam even led God's people to apostasy. Amen. Watch this. Even though he led them to apostasy, which is the abandonment or renunciation of a religious or political belief, okay, even though he led God's people the wrong way, God's still speaking to him. God speaks to whoever he wants to whenever he gets ready. And verse 19, now therefore I pray you, Terry, here also this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. Okay, um, and God came and told him, go ahead and go with the men. I'll tell you what to say. Verse 21, and Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. He went. 
Okay, so Balaam has God's surety. He knows God has his back. God's going to tell him what to say. Okay, so he went with them. Verse 22, there's something that happens between verse 21 and verse 22, and I believe I know what it is. Watch this. And God's anger was kindled because he went. Now, God told him to go, so why did God get mad because he went? This is something in the Bible that you have to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, and he will. And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for the adversary against him, for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. God was upset at Balaam, and it's obviously because God knew Balaam's heart. Okay, we're talking about a greedy person. Okay, this guy is, is greedy, high um, in, in, in the people. Everybody knew what he did, practiced divination and everything, and led people the wrong way. He was a witch. He was a warlock, whatever you want to call it. God knew his heart. This man was used to getting money from people for reading tarot cards or whatever. In our day, I'm speaking in our day, for reading the Ouija board and practicing black magic or whatever, any kind of magic, black, white, green, or yellow magic, magic is magic. Okay, magic is trying to have power on your own without going through the Holy Spirit of the Most High God, which is not a good thing. Okay, and uh, God knew. So obviously something in Balaam's heart was uh, deceptive, should we say. So God got angry and put an ass in his way. And he had two servants with him. And look in verse 23. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord. This even, just reading this. The ass, which we know is a donkey, saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field instead, okay? And Balaam smote him. He hit him. To, to, to try to turn her back into his, his way, <laughs> his way. Um, so now here we have a donkey, okay? We, we say ass, we're not cussing, it's, it's, a, it's a donkey. He's, he has his donkey with him. Now, the donkey can see the angel. This answers the question of what happened between verse 21 and 22, Okay. The angel, the donkey can see the angel, but Balaam can't. Balaam didn't see the angel because he had a spark, a little speck of evil in his heart that stopped him from seeing a heavenly messenger. Oh, my God, my God, my God. Just like it says, the, the word even says about Satan, Lucifer. The Bible talks about how good-looking he was and everything, and he had pipes and tablets and everything in his body, and he was like the praise and worship leader. Well, Lucifer was fine. He was sharp. But he had a speck of evil in his heart, and that's when he began to blow things. Things, things began to mess up for him, okay? And I believe the same thing happened here. I believe, according to reading this word, 
that God found a speck in Balaam's heart. He knew Balaam wasn't going to do what he told him to do. Amen. Verse 24, but the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards. A wall being on this side and a wall on that side. Now, I'm just noticing while reading this, he stood in the path of the vineyards. What are vineyards? A place of wine. A place, it, should be, it should be a place of joy. Anytime you see uh, wine or vineyards or anything spoken of in the Bible, it's a joy, a place, joy, a place of joy. Uh, wine is joy. Corn is food. And oil speaks of the anointing. Now, this is a place where actually... Balaam should have been feeling pretty nice, enjoying himself, right? Okay. So the angel stands in the path in verse 25, and when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself unto the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he smote her again. He, he hit her again. He, it, it, now, this is just cruelty. If he has a speck in his heart, okay, and God knew that something happened where he wasn't going to do what he told him to do, why wouldn't he hit this animal? When you see people who abuse animals, outright abuse animals, there's evil there. There's evil in their hearts. That's cruel. Okay? Now, this is, now she saw him. Now, this is the second time. And verse 26, and the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right or to the left. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam this time. She refused. She was not going to go any further. And Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with a staff. Okay? Verse 23, he hit her. Verse 25, he hit her. Verse 27, he hit her. Odd verses, 3, 5, and 7, huh? So now he hit her with the staff. He had, now, don't forget now, this is a guy that can, he, can, he does witchcraft and, and, and portrays the future and, and all this, but he can't see something that is there in the spirit. He can't see a heavenly messenger. He was lacking. Something was lacking there. That goes to show right there he's a deceiver, deception, taking people's money and telling them lies and having them come back. And You know, the people who do this, are, if you can't see an angel of God, but you could tell somebody, you know, where the money is stashed, that their uncle left them when he died, yeah, there's something wrong with that. Something's using them, spirit of the Most High God. Okay, now, watch this. Verse 28, and the Lord opened the mouth of the ass, and she said unto Balaam, what have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? And Balaam said, I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> and Balaam said, first of all, before Balaam said anything, you would think that he would question why this donkey is talking and what is making her talk, what's going on here. But he, one ass talking to another, he begins to this ass. And he, it says, um, and Balaam said unto the ass, because thou hast mocked me, I would there, there, uh, 
I would there were a sword in my hand for now when I killed me. So what's the first thing you would say if your donkey started talking to you? Would you answer the donkey? Or would you say, how is this donkey talking? What's going on here? But no, he, he's holding the conversation with the ass. Amen? He's going on, doing his own thing. The ass spoke. He's, and verse 30, he's, he actually he told him because he was mocking him. He actually told the donkey why he was mad at the donkey, which really doesn't make any sense. In verse 30, and the ass said unto Balaam, Am not I thine ass upon which thou hast ridden over, uh, ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever want to do so unto thee? And he said, No. He said, Nay. Verse 31 And the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. Here we go. Now, see, keep your family in prayer. Always pray for your family because sometimes your family or your loved ones or whatever is acting up because their eyes are not open to the Lord. Pray that God opens up their spiritual eyes in their mind and their heart. Keep, keep them in prayer. Watch this, verse 31. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down to his head um, and fell flat on his face. Now he sees. After God opened his eyes. Now, why did God have to open up Balaam's eyes in verse 31 whenever Balaam acted like he was going to do what God told him to do in verse 20? God said, I will tell you what to do. He said, if the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I say unto you, that shall uh, thou do. So between verse 20 and verse 31, there's something missing there. If, if, if Balaam was listening to God, and if he had God in his heart and loved God with all of his heart, why would God have to open up his eyes? And, okay, in verse 20, why would God have to open up his eyes in verse 31? God knows your heart. God knows whether or not you love him, whether or not you've accepted his son, whether he's in your heart. He knows whether you really, really did, whether you're really interested, or if you're just doing to please your wife or your husband, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your family, your mother, your father, your grandmother, your grandfather, child, boy or girl. God knows our hearts, folks. He's a reader of hearts. Man reads lips. God reads hearts. So now his eyes are open, and he fell flat on his face. And that's it. this is nothing. Another point I want to make: all these people that make angels, little babies with balloons and arrows and stuff in their hands, with a little thing draped around their body, so you can't see their private parts and everything. And he's happy, smiling, and bouncing all over the place, flying through the air. That's a lie. <clears throat> if you notice in the word, every time somebody saw an angel of God, what does it say? They fell out of fear. They fell flat on their face. So there's something about angels that is not a joke. They're not cute little bubbly people. And I'm telling you something else. When you see all these little flashes and stuff in the night, you know, some of you people might be you might, might not be able to sleep or you might see shadows or flashings or whatever. Don't pay, don't pay attention to those flashes, okay, because God's angels are not cosmic jokers. 
Now, cosmic joker, which we know I the term I use for demons, they might flash. They might send you some flashes or shadows in the corner or whatever. That's God's angels. If it don't make you fall flat on your face, God's an angel, bright, beautiful, the Bible says they are. Verse 32. And and the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. The angel told him, I stood in your way because you're perverse. You're a perverted character. You are ignorant. You have a nasty mind, a cruel mind. You're cruel to your animal. You have a foul mouth. You have foul thoughts. Oh, my. How many people do we know are just perverted? The angel had to tell this person that they were perverted. People do you know are perverts. Look at how much it's getting worse and worse every year, folks. We have to pray. Stay in prayer. Pray for the nation. Pray for the, 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 the country that you live in, the state or whatever that you live in. Pray, 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 pray. If you don't know how to pray, just act like you're talking to your best friend and God will honor and he will hear you. God is your best friend. I say, if you don't know how to pray, practice. Amen? Amen. If we could practice how to swim, if we could practice baking cakes, if we can practice playing spades, being the best spade player in the, in the neighborhood, amen? If we could practice cheerleading, there's no excuse. Amen? We live in a world of perversion, and every day it gets worse. Now, here's what the enemy wants you to do. The enemy wants you to leave people out in your prayers. The enemy wants us to stop praying for people. Your son or your daughter is gay. Oh, I'm done. I throw my hands up. He can't come back into this house until he straightens up. You are causing a person to... Uh, you're condemning a person and that is not our job. The Holy Spirit convicts. What you're supposed to do is preach the word to them, tell them what God likes, tell them God's likes and God's dislikes and leave the rest up to them. We are supposed to love. If Jesus could sit down with these people, and you got to remember too, back in the day, Romans got into that a lot, Right? Jesus sat down with gay people. I mean, we have, even, it was so bad, okay, Sodom and Gomorrah, all of them, Rome, all of them, they were so bad and so sinful back in the day that even when you watch movies today, the movie even portrays the characters as being that, either effeminate or something, you know. But Jesus saved them. He sat down and ate with them. He talked to them. He, 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 he stood on mountains and hills and preached to people. So who are we to not let our child back into the house because they decided to go a different way than what we're used to? Or they're dating a person of a different nationality. Amen? Pray. And verse 33 says, And the ass saw me and turned from me these three times, 
unless she had turned from me. Surely now also I had slain thee and saved her alive. The angels telling Balaam, even your ass saw me. You are so, Balaam, you are so perverse. Even your ass, your donkey saw me, your animal saw me. Did you ever hear old people say that animals and babies, uh, and I've found it to be true, animals and babies can tell the spirit of a man. They can tell when something's not right. You know, I lived in a house one time where the lady that owned the home was selling it. And she had people coming in. You know, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, you're sitting in a house and, and all these people come in that you don't know and the husband and wife or whatever might bring their kids with them or whatever. And, and they're walking around the house and, and they're snapping pictures. And meanwhile, I didn't like that because I don't know if I'm going to find my living room or my bedroom on Facebook. You know what I mean? So I had to ask her to please stop snapping pictures of where I live. I know she's selling it, but I'm still here, you know. And um, there was this one man that kept coming to the house. And uh, it's like, it's really strange. Like he couldn't make up his mind whether he was going to buy my landlord's house or not. And, and he kept trying. I had a beautiful white dog um, and named Zeke. And Zeke was very, he's just, he, he, just like our family. He's friendly and nice and everything, but he really checks, he'll check you out. Like he can discern. And something about this man Zeke did not like. And this man kept, I began to notice that every time the man came to the house, he was more interested in Zeke than he was, seemed like, the house. And he kept trying to be friendly with Zeke, and, and Zeke would look at him. He'd put his head down and look up at him almost with a little growl. He would growl a little bit. I believe if that man would have reached out, Zeke would have bit him. And the man was friendly. He was nice, but there was something there my dog saw. Jesus. And, you know, and, and that happens. Babies and animals, they say, can discern the spirit. And sure enough, the man ended up buying the house, okay? I'm still living there. The man ended up buying the house and didn't do anything he promised that he would do to the house. He was supposed to build steps that led from my kitchen down to the garage. I never got my steps. So I wouldn't have to go outside to the garage, you know. I never got the steps. He never fixed up the house. He never cut, fixed up the electricity, nothing. And then his son would come, and he would cut the grass, and he would cut up snakes or whatever and, and rabbits, and there would be blood in the lawnmower. And he would go, and he would push it into the garage. It was I, we, I lived above two garages, cute little house, little pink house above two garages. And his son would literally push the tractor up underneath where my head went when I laid down at night. I, I had hay fever really bad years ago. And I'm laying there every night now, smelling grass and blood from the animals that he cut up. He wouldn't even clean. He would just push it in the garage. And I'm laying, uh, this is underneath my head. See, these people just had a, and my dog could tell. You know? My dog could tell. So love your animals. Take care of your babies. Amen. Watch them. <laughs> they might tell you something you don't know. Amen. And Balaam said unto, verse 34, the last verse, and Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. At least he admitted it, right? Are we admitting? When you do something wrong, are you admitting to the Lord that you have sinned? Amen. He said, I have sinned, for I knew not, here we go, see, I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me, 
Now, therefore, if it displease thee, I will get me back again. Confession of sin. Have we confessed? Have you confessed of something that you knew you were doing wrong? Do it. Jesus, when Jesus died on a cross, he didn't say you can only confess three times a day or, you know, confess one time or confess 20 times. If you know you've done something, watch this, if you know that you've done something that stopped you from seeing God, oil and water don't mix. Dark and light don't mix. If you've been living in the dark so much to the point where you can't see the light, or you can't tell when the light is around. You know, the Bible says be careful of who you entertain because some people have entertained angels unawares. You know, I think of uh, these people um, who just constantly curse and curse and curse every other word that comes out of their mouth is a curse word. What they don't realize is uh, it, it makes them, pardon my expression, but it makes them look stupid. It makes them look like they can't think of a conversation to save their soul. Did you ever listen to a person that curses so much they sound stupid? And then you're sitting there thinking to yourself, I could never hold an hour's conversation with this person because that would get on my nerves or give me a headache. What's happening is they're so blinded. And as we said earlier in, uh, in an earlier verse, they're so perverted. They're so perverse that they can't see what they look like. They can't hear what they sound like because their eyes are blinded. They went against God. They know God doesn't like it and they're going to continue to do it anyway. Earthly, fleshly people. Pleasers. Just like Balaam. And now watch, Balaam acted at the beginning, remember? Balaam acted like he was going to do what God told him to do, but God knew something was there, something was different. Balaam wanted that cash. Balaam really, and deep in his heart. Now he told, where was it? In verse 18, he told the king, he said, you know, well, he was speaking about the king, and he said, if he gave me his house full of silver and gold, I can't go against what God says. Now he's doing good in verse 18. But God knew his heart. How many of you out there listening to this, you've been saying one thing and meaning another? The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. If you tell people that you love the Lord, you go to church and everything else, you could be the deacon, you could be sitting in the usher, okay? You could be sitting in a pulpit, a minister, But if you are not living what you are saying, if you're not allowing people to see that what you're confessing with your mouth is true and you're living it, then you're a liar, my friend. And you need to repent just like Balaam did. Let me read you a little bit about Balaam. Balaam was a pagan prophet who practiced divination and other magic arts, led Israel into apostasy and was identified as a greedy, unscrupulous man by Peter and Jude. 
Let's go. Let's go to Second Peter two fifteen. I just want to hit that real quick. Okay. Second <clears throat> Peter two fifteen, and it says and he's spoken of again in Second Peter, the New Testament. This man is so well known that he in in in, in Israel's history it comes later, a long time later, in Second Peter two fifteen, and he's saying here, Peter says which have forsaken the right way. No, wait. <clears throat> Let's start, excuse me. Let's start with verse 14. Having eyes full of adultery, and they cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls. Don't be an unstable soul. Don't let people lead you by your nose, your nose cavities, right, with their two fingers you know, dragging you around. And heart, they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. Verse 15 which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who, Bosor, who loved the wages of uh, the wages. He loved the wages of unrighteousness. He loved earthly rewards, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumbass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness. And so these are wells without water. This is how God describes people who have that Balaam spirit in them. They're like wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the midst mist of darkness is reserved forever. Balaam is is spoken of in Second Peter chapter two. He was that perverse. Amen. And it also says uh, Jude one eleven eleven there. Fearing the encroaching Israelites, King Balak of Moab sent for Balaam and enlisted his aid in repelling the Israelites by cursing them. The Lord spoke to Balaam and told him to refuse to go to Balak, although the Lord relented under the condition that Balaam would speak only his words. So Balaam saddled his donkey and went with the princes of Moab back to Balak. All right? Now, Moab is an enemy of God's people. If you read it all throughout the Bible, Moab, anyone related to Moab, is an enemy of God in the Bible. And one thing we don't want to be is perverse, perverted, and be an enemy of God. Amen. Amen. We want to be, you know, the song says, who's on the Lord's side? Stand up. If you're on the Lord's side, stand up. Don't let God see something different in your heart than what your mind and your mouth is telling people. You can tell people you love the Lord all you want to. You can tell people, oh, yes, I've, I've been going to church for 35 years. I've been going to church for 22 years, and, and I love the Lord. And I love the Word. But if you're not reading the Word, sharing the Word, telling people about Jesus, if you're afraid to mention his name when you go anywhere, when you get in that Uber, when you go to Walmart, wherever you go, 
if you're afraid to mention his name, then you are a liar. You should mention Jesus' name the same way you mention anything else that you love and care about. Folgers Coffee and the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> okay? Yes, I'm from Pittsburgh. Had to use that one. Right? Mention his name. In other words, um, think what you say. Feel what you say. Live what you say. Amen? Because you have you ever okay, have you ever seen a person and I know a few of them, have you ever seen a person <clears throat> that lies so much that everybody can tell they're lying except for them? Did I just describe a couple of your friends? Some folks you know. <laughs> yes. And it's sad. Isn't it sad to watch somebody lie so much? that they don't realize that while they're speaking to me, I can tell they're lying. It's sad, isn't it? You cannot curse what God has already blessed. Um, You know, chapter 23. Let's go on into Numbers 23. And he says, let's go with... um, Let's go with verse 5. Verse 4. And God met Balaam, and he said unto him, I have prepared seven altars, and I have offered upon every altar building, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, a bullock and a ram. And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth, and now he's using them. See, inspiration, inspiration of God. People say the Bible's not real and it's written by man. Yeah, written by man through the inspiration of the Most High God, okay? <laughs> and the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus thou shalt speak. And he returned unto him, and lo, he stood by burnt sacrifice, he and all the princes of Moab. And he took up his parable and said, Balak, the king of Moab, hath brought me from Aram out of the mountains of the east, saying, Come, curse me, Jacob, and come, defile, defy Israel. And then verse 8 says, How shall I curse whom God has not cursed, or how shall I defy whom the Lord has not defied? Cannot curse that which God has blessed. That's God's word. In verse 19, it even says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make good? Behold, I have re- uh, received commandment to bless, and he hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Now, it's telling you in the Bible that you cannot reverse a blessing of God. So you can be mad at me. You could be mad at your neighbors. You could be mad at your family. All you want to, somebody might have did something. I'm sure they might not have did it on purpose, but somebody might have made you upset or something. Be careful how you handle it because we curse someone that God has blessed. It will come back to the sender. It will come back to you. 
So even though, okay, even though your eyes are blinded to God, but some people, you know, their eyes are blinded to God and they send out curses to people that they dislike. They're doing it ignorantly. And even in the, New, in the Old Testament, there is a sacrifice of ignorance. Sometimes people can be so ignorant. God even covered their ignorance with a sacrifice. So don't hurt yourself by cursing someone that God has blessed. That's why Jesus said pray for everybody. He said even pray for your enemies because Jesus knew that we wouldn't be able to do good by cursing our enemies. Don't even curse your enemies. Jesus said pray for them. They're souls too. Amen? Amen. Are you saved? You listening, are you saved? God knows your heart. Remember? God knows your heart. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, hallelujah, just say this right now. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repent. I accept you as my Savior, my Lord, my best friend, and my guide. Thank you for all that you did for me on the cross. And thank you for not only dying for me, but you came back. Hallelujah. And amen. Amen. Romans 10, 9, y'all. The Romans wrote. All right? If you just said that, welcome to the family of God. God bless you. The Bible says repent. And you just repented. Everything that you did before this moment is gone. The slate's wiped clean. Amen? Wipe it. So, go as... As Jesus always says, known to say in the New Testament, go and sin no more. Live a better life. If you need help, ask him. Ask him. Go find a Bible-believing church and start to learn of him. It's never too late. Amen. Don't be the ass talking to an ass. Amen. This is Reverend Essie signing off. I love you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. And I will see you next Sunday, every Sunday, at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Amen. I am here every Sunday. Now let me bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you today, go in peace. Don't let anybody take your peace away from you. And until next time, to God be the glory for the things he has done. In Jesus' name, amen.